All we want to know is where the funding is going. We don't care who the contributors are. What we want is transparency and oversight so that our campuses get the support they need. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. United University Professions, UUP, is the nation's largest higher education union with more than 37,000 academic and professional faculty and retirees. UUP members work at 29 State University of New York campuses, plus system administration, Empire State College, and SUNY's public teaching hospitals and health science centers in Brooklyn, Long Island, and Syracuse. The president of UUP is Dr. Fred Kowal, and he is our guest on the Union Strong podcast. Fred, welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here. So in addition to, of course, fighting for better pay, better benefits, better working conditions, um, one of the things that uh, your union focuses on is advocating for public higher education. Um, So let's talk about that uh, to begin with. When we say you're advocating for higher public education, um, what are we talking about? Well, you know, I think through the history of UUP, but especially uh, starting in the 1990s, UUP has been the most aggressive and effective advocate for public higher education in New York State, specifically SUNY. Uh, we have advocated, obviously, uh, for more funding for the, the campuses, but also to ensure that the highest quality education is provided for the students, um, ensuring access, and at the same time to expand the programs that are offered so that students literally from all over the world can come to what had been and we hope to once again see it be the best and most uh, successful uh, system of public higher education in the world. Uh, so we advocate for these institutions. We are people who live in the communities where we work. And so these, you know, in many cases, these campuses are the, the lifeblood of the communities. So we're advocating for the campuses. We're advocating for the communities in which we live as well. When you said had been um, considered, you know, among the best, um, and we will be. Why? Why aren't we now? I think that really, in the aftermath of the Great Recession, uh, there was a huge slash in public funding for SUNY, and what happened was there was a shift towards a dependence on tuition dollars, and we went from a situation where roughly in 2009, 35 percent of the cost of a SUNY education was paid by the students; the rest was paid by public funding taxpayer support. Now that ratio is reversed. Now 65% of the cost is borne by tuition, the remainder by state funding. If this is to be a public education system, the public needs to be committed to it. And that responsibility falls on all of us. It's that important to the state. And without the funding, we have seen that programs have suffered. Are the individual institutions still successful? Yes. We still have good graduation rates. Uh, We still have excellent teaching hospitals and academic medical centers. We have great research going on. And that's a credit to our members who do the work. But without proper funding, things like an over-reliance on part-time labor, uh, adjunct faculty who are exploited at very low uh, pay per course, that trend continues to grow. In order for the quality to be there, we need to have full-time faculty. We need a commitment from the state for the long run. And that, as I said, the responsibility is on all of us, from the governor, through the legislature, to campus presidents, to those of us in UUP. 
Describe who your members are. You have the professors, but who else are you representing? What I like to say is that we represent everyone from brain surgeons to shepherds. Um, we literally do represent the you know highly trained, uh, incredibly effective uh, physicians at the uh, SUNY hospitals, but also x-ray techs there and, and so forth. While at the same time, at our tech campuses, uh, where we have farms, working farms, we represent members who take care of the animals and take mm -hmm. care of the crops that are grown there. Um, and, and that indicates the great diversity in UUP. And when you talked about the funding, so, you know, public university, obviously there's going to be state funding. You talked about tuition and that and that uh, making up a, a larger part of it now. Is that there also federal funding? There is some federal funding that comes in, uh, but it really doesn't make a significant difference. It can for individual students who are on Pell Grants. That's important um, for lower income individuals. But at the same time, the federal funding has been slashed as well. And so, you know, in essence, Public higher education is taking it, uh, you know, really in the chin from both federal and state sides. And, and that needs to change. So you're advocating for that funding, but you're also, I know, a priority for you is the foundations. And people might not be familiar with the foundations, but when we're talking about foundations, there's campus foundations and research foundations. Can you explain the difference between the two? Yeah, there can be a lot of confusion. Um, and one, one way of thinking about it is research foundations were created as a means by which those faculty or staff who do research bring in grants, you know, private and public grants. In essence, to simplify things, the research foundations become almost like the bank, where the that money is kept as individuals are hired as research support uh, personnel. They get paid out of those grants. That's pay that comes from the research foundation. Uh, there has also been some use of research foundations for specific economic development projects, uh, some of which became a little problematic in the case mm -hmm. of SUNY Poly. Uh, now, the campus foundations, that's something that's totally different. That is almost exclusively private money that get, gets raised by campuses. Technically, it is supposed to serve the academic purposes of the university, but we know that that is not the case. And here we're talking about significant money. We're talking over $2 billion uh, in the SUNY foundations, the campus foundations. Mm -hmm. And the majority of the money is in two of the foundations the one at Stony Brook, and the one at the University of Buffalo. Well, let me stop you there. So we have, so how many SUNY schools are there? Uh, roughly uh, speaking, 30 is a, for the ones we represent. Okay. You also have the community colleges. Uh, total is 64 campuses. Okay. And then do all of them have a campus foundation? So there's this, like 30 campus foundations? Roughly speaking, okay. yes. Um, and some of them are very small. My home campus at Cobleskill, uh, the foundation is very small, and it's run very well. We, we know exactly where just about every penny is going, and almost all of it is going for scholarships. That's an excellent purpose. That's what should be done. We know from uh, State Comptroller DiNapoli's report from last year that is not the case at the foundations at Stony Brook and at UB particularly. The other problem is... The state comptroller has no audit authority over these foundations. In fact, only SUNY can audit the foundations. And what the report found was they were not auditing them. And so you end up with situations like at Stony Brook where new uh, administrators were getting low interest loans for houses on Long Island that turned into grants. 
and then were canceled. You know, you're talking hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars for purposes that clearly have nothing to do with the academic mission of the university. What we are you know, pushing for is transparency. How is the money being used? Is it serving the purposes of the university, which is to teach, to, to heal, to research? That's what the, the university is for. To support the academic mission. Precisely. So give me some other examples of what uh, the controller's report found, because some of it even had to do with supplementing some salaries. That's correct. Uh, And it has turned into a real problem at Upstate Medical in Syracuse, uh, an institution that's doing very well. Uh, Public hospitals are having a very tough time of it uh, these days, in part because Healthcare is changing, but also because of the, the great deal of uncertainty about what's going to happen in Washington, D.C. with regard to the Affordable Care Act and other policies that can in- impact the hospitals. But Upstate is doing very well uh, financially. Uh, they have excellent services. They cover 19 counties. So it's a very strong, important institution. Unfortunately, its last two presidents have had to resign. And in part, it was because their salaries were being uh, supplemented by foundation pay. And also, you had an individual who had been running, administering the hospital, who quote unquote retired, but then was being paid close to uh, $600,000 or $700,000. And this was coming out of the foundation as well. So we have circumstances where the leadership administrators are getting padded salaries. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that really in the best interest of the university? You see, what happens with Upstate is that the reputation of the institution suffers Mm -hmm. because of of a scandal like this, or in the case of Upstate, a series of scandals. We can't have that. The public needs to have faith in their public institutions. And what about the employees that they hire? Is there any kind of transparency there of who's working for them? You know, are they qualified? Are they friends of donors? Yeah, and that's another thing that we don't know about. Uh, there are um, uh, subsidiary companies that have been formed by the University of Buffalo Foundation where there are in- indications uh, on the forms, that, since they're supposedly tax-free entities, they have to fire, file Form 990s. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got some indication that some of these subsidiaries have no employees or one employee, and it happens to be the president of the university. Mm -hmm. Um, We also were surprised to find that when the Panama Papers were released... 11.5 million confidential documents were leaked from a law firm in Panama to journalists, become known as the Panama Papers. There were uh, subsidiary corporations that were investments by the foundations in these offshore entities uh, in the Caribbean, in Central America. You know, is that serving the academic mission of SUNY? Uh, You've got to ask. And, you know, this is something that, you know, Governor Cuomo spoke about when he was running for attorney general. Uh, He talked about it, you know, the best uh, disinfectant is sunlight. Um, Mm -hmm. My parents used to say that to me, too. So that's all we're saying. All we want to know is where the funding is going. We don't care who the contributors are. We, that makes no difference to us. What we want is transparency and oversight so that our campuses get the support they need and the academic mission is served. So you, there is a bill out there that would yeah. allow for this? Yes. Um, and uh, there, there's growing support in the legislature for this. Uh, it is bipartisan support because uh, really I think it's the tenor of the time. Uh, I don't think it matters whether you're right, left, or center. People want government to be transparent. And, and you know, unfortunately, the institutions of government are under assault uh, at, at, in many different ways. 
in order to protect these important institutions, they need to be transparent. Otherwise, the public won't have faith in them. And SUNY is so crucial. There has to be confidence in what we do in mm-hmm. SUNY. Okay. Um, I'd like to switch gears just a little bit if we can, and, and um, because we've talked about it for so long, and I know UUP has as well. I'm talking about the Janus case and what happened with that. And this is the Janus versus AFSCME case. Down a decision involving unions. They've ruled five to four that states can't force non-union workers to pay union fees. This is seen as a major um, Which uh, essentially the Supreme Court ruled that although you get the benefits of the collective bargaining agreement, um, you, if you choose not to be a union member, you don't even have to pay those reduced agency or, or fair share fees. So the concern was that public employee unions were going to see membership decline. Right. Um, how has right. UUP fared? Uh, we had the same fears. Uh, we were, um, you know, preparing for worst case scenarios where we thought we would lose massive numbers of uh, not only fee payers, but formerly known as fee payers, mm-hmm. but also uh, existing members. Uh, but in fact, we have not seen that at all. Um, in fact, I would say over the last numbers I saw is over 50 percent of those who were fee payers ended up joining. Uh, they became members, mm-hmm. um, some because they simply didn't know they were fee payers and didn't want to lose. Uh, they didn't want to lose their union. Right. So they signed their cards. Uh, there were others who previously had been opposed to the concept of unions. But interestingly enough, when Janice was decided, they felt that they were being attacked. And so they joined the union. Um, we we have made it, you know, we have a process in place for those who wish to quit the union. Um, so far, we have roughly speaking about 50 people in the uh, first year that have quit. Wow. And if you say over, you know, out of 37,000, mm-hmm. uh, that's not bad. And um, especially knowing that folks like um, New Choice is out there directly reaching out to your members and saying, hey. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And um, I just remember we got a uh, we got a phone call followed by an email from one of our members uh, who got someone from New Choice knocking on their door, mm-hmm. and this was somebody who wasn't an activist previously. Uh, their response was basically to read them the Riot Act, how important their union was. They wanted to let us know they did this, and they wanted to know how they could get more involved in the union. Um, and we're doing a lot of work uh, more than ever before because, you know, I think public sec- sector unions got overconfident. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't think something like this could happen uh, when it did. Fortunately, from what I've seen, we've, we were ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was unfortunate that it took the lessons of, for instance, Wisconsin, where you saw a real drop off in uh, membership because the unions really weren't prepared. Um, we learned from our sisters and brothers in Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, that as they went right to work, they did lo- right to work for less. Mm-hmm. They lost membership. And so, you know, we were more prepared and we're moving aggressively to continue to grow our union, to take on issues that we believe resonate with our members. And uh, for instance, you know, the March for Science, you know, uh, last year, that created an interest among members that had never been engaged before. And they liked the fact that their union was involved in this work. Thousands of scientists plan to mark Earth Day tomorrow by marching in hundreds of cities across the country and around the world. And what was that about? And that was basically a national movement uh, 
to a certain extent on environmental issues, which UUP has always been engaged in, uh, because we have a lot of members who are in the sciences, and then we have a you know a major campus at uh, environmental science and forestry, and then departments scattered all over SUNY where our members are involved in educating about the environment. Um, and the March for Science was partially about environmental issues, but also basically defending, in this day and age, science against the attacks that had been made against it all the way to the White House. Um, and the idea was to have a march, to have rallies, to defend the idea of intellectual uh, searching and uh, and a gathering of knowledge. And, uh, and we have a lot of members who do research and teach in these areas. And now that they know their union is engaged in the work, they want to be involved in the union on those aspects. Um, and there, we've always had a, a big involvement, obviously, in healthcare issues and uh, issues related to civil rights, human rights, and we continue to work on those issues. And so that's a way of bringing members who may not be, you know, just interested in those important issues of, you know, quality of work, income, and so forth. But these other issues we get engaged in, that resonates for them and they get involved. And, you know, every union has like that core, probably all organizations, those core group of people who will just do whatever you ask them to. Right. And they feel passionate enough about it that they want to get engaged. But you just mentioned a couple areas where, you know, if they are particularly interested in different things like the environment or research, they can get involved. Have, are you doing anything differently to re-engage your members or, or what are you doing to try to reach out to them to say, hey, your union's important. Here's why. Get involved. What are some of the things you're doing? Well, first and foremost, the timing for us was really good. Um, right about the time that Janice was decided uh, and announced, we finished our negotiations on a great new contract. Uh, so to great contracts always good. Oh yeah, so. a great organizing tool. Right. And uh, the way UUP does its contract is that you know both before and after we go out on the road, we go to every campus, uh, multiple meetings on some campuses with membership to talk about every aspect of the contract, and we did that. That tour. Uh, and while we were doing the tour, we had recommitment forms uh, and we got a, a large number of those signed. Obviously, people liked what they saw in the contract uh, and it is a good contract. Uh, and at the same time, that planted the seeds so that our organizing staff and our, our volunteer organizers, and that's our rank and file, who are on every campus having conversations one-on-one -on -one with members had the impetus to do so because they could talk about the contract. So, you know, you could go to your colleagues and say, you know, I'd just like to talk to you for a minute about the union. I see that you're a member. Do you have any questions about the contract? Um, and, you know, provide them with that information so that then everyone's aware that the union is out there and it is with them as they continue to do their important work. Okay, very good. Well, Dr. Fred Cowell, thank you very much for being a guest on the program. We're going to include in our show notes a link to your website, and um, certainly there's going to be information on there, I'm sure, about this bill that we're talking about with Campus Foundation and the transparency that's needed. We'll Absolutely. include that as well. So thank you very much. Thanks very much. Joining me now on the podcast is our digital director, Kevin Eitzman. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? Hi, Darcy. Very good. That was some interesting stuff there, huh? Uh, my ears perked up when he talked about Panama Papers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't think of myself as a conspiracy nut, but uh, when when that first was released and you, you realized that all this money was being hidden overseas mm -hmm. uh, and then find out from Fred that this was SUNY money uh, that should be going to education, should be going to, to scholarships, to teachers, and it's being hidden in a Caribbean bank 
That's crazy. So, you know, it really highlighted to me that we need the the transparency mm-hmm. out there that to, to expose some of this and to get the money in the right hands of where it should be. And of course, if you're a UUP member, you'll know about that because UUP will have that information on the website. But at the State Federation, at the New York State AFL-CIO, we'll have uh, that part of our legislative agenda, I'm sure. We've been, been pushing for it in, in the past and we'll continue to do so. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, everywhere. We'll, once the legislative session starts up and we start pushing this issue again before the Senate Assembly, uh, we will be having all the information out there. Great. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.